0: Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
0: Hello and welcome to the Super Rugby. Oh, I, oh, I can't even say rugby. Never mind, Otago. Geez, uh, where am I going to? Hello, folks. Yeah, Super Rugby Otago uh, has um, kicked off. We've had round one. The Highlanders have played the Chiefs. The Blues have played the Hurricanes. And Stephen, hasn't it been great just to have rugby back?
1: It's been tremendous. And it's always easier to say that when your team's uh, come out on the right side of the results. But, hey, we've got great crowds, great atmospheres, great rugby. The world's watching. Everything's good, isn't it? Everything's great to be here in New Zealand. What else could you possibly want?
0: <laughs> exactly. How about some warm weather? Um, the <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's winter. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to be fair, uh, I, so I was on a campsite this weekend. And, uh, yeah, it was nice and warm. We had heating in the... In the um in the cabin so it was all good it did chew up my data though watching this game the first game i went through something um like uh, four gig of mobile data to um to get this so i was on 17 um uh, and yes i'm down to about 13 so clearly i don't doing that too often folks so yes pro tip number one don't try and watch games um using your phone's a hotspot. going forwards um but look, this one kicked off, uh, and uh, it really kicked off, uh, and and both sides struggled early doors. Let's be honest, with the new law interpretations, didn't they? Uh, we it was quite a whistly game uh, in that first half.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the whole match kind of was, wasn't it? I guess people will probably say the whole weekend really was, but I don't know. To to me, I didn't find it the whole game. I haven't seen all. I've seen highlights only the Blues game, which I just watched now. I've been at work all day, so that's my excuse. But the Highlanders game, I saw, I didn't find it too interrupting that I'd find from a normal Super Rugby game from earlier in the year or last year or things like that. It seemed pretty standard. Yes, there's new things being given penalties for, but I didn't find it overly overwhelming of the game being ruined by these penalties. And I thought, to be fair to the referees, they were very, well, in the Highlanders game at least, were very consistent about what was being called. So there was no um, one way or the other. It was both sides getting nailed for the offside line, both teams getting nailed for moving um, after going to ground. It was consistent throughout, and I thought I couldn't criticise them. I'm normally the first to criticise a ref if things go pear-shaped, but I thought it was pretty fairly judged, and it went quite well.
0: I look, now, across both games, the refs had good games, right? Now, um so people who, um and, and this was particularly uh, the commentation, had a go at them for this was uh, on Twitter they went and said um, look uh, yeah oh, oh, oh I don't want to blame the refs, it, it's but but I do hope they're going to be more considerate later on in the, uh, over the next few games like no 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 the whole point of this is be strict the players will learn quickly and they'll and, and they'll react now for t- um, folks for everyone who is on there hi Thomas hi Cameron who are in who's in the live chat um, the uh, great to have you um, have you here on the different platforms. Hi, um, Alex, Alex as well. Uh, great to have you all in the live chat there. Um, we've got some, I've got Stephen or Conflake on for just one game only. Okay, but that's the first game because he hasn't, because he hasn't, hasn't watched the second game. I do have though, I have two gents who have seen the second game. So we want to talk about the second game with Arshwin and Stephen, Arshwin was at Eden Park. But before we get on to that, let's just actually say hello to the folks because oh, that's a bit rude. Good evening, Arshwin. How are you doing?
3: Oh, yeah. I'm Sort of like I was all in bed and I was ready to, have Some Zeds, and I thought I'd better get on and have a chat. So I'm doing good
0: in bed at 8, 8 pm. Jeez, okay, fine. Um, we'll mute you, move on now to, <laughs> to Stephen. Hey, Stephen, um, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, just, uh, you've got, got your cocoa there, good to see. Um, you've seen both. Shall, I, st- it-
4: shall I start with the birthdays and birthdays this morning? I'm on a TV. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's, it's, it's evening. Sorry, I'm lovely. This is evening, isn't it? Okay, just wanted to make make sure. Um, Yeah, Yeah. no, I have seen both games, and uh, I did hear a little bit about what Steve was saying a bit before, and I totally agree with him. I actually, for the first time in my life, I'm actually going to agree with Stephen Jones, the Times Online writer, who actually enjoyed the game. And I, I think while we may look at Paul Williams and think, he was a bit pedantic. He was actually penalising players for doing illegal things, and um, yeah. and unfortunately, we okay, unfortunately Steve, no, we we're
0: going to talk to you right there. Everyone else on the podcast is going no. <laughs> he was not. Oh
3: they're, 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 no, 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 I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with. I was agreeing when, with my head shaking. I'm agreeing with Steve. I'm agreeing with both Steves actually. Um, it's this is a hobby horse that I've had for a long time. Right, when so I've been on this for about two, two and a half years. Um, on through Driving Mall and now through New Zealand Sport Radio. And, and I've always gone on about the fact is that the referees need to referee by the letter of the law. And eventually the players will learn. Yeah, we might go through some crap games. But in the end of that, I don't think the games were actually that crap um, at all. I thought they were actually good games. And we're getting what we want, which is the laws are there. The players need to understand this is the law. I need to abide by it.
0: Yes, yeah, so that's, that's what I was going to say. I don't think any of us, no one here, is saying he was pedantic. No, he wasn't pedantic. He was doing his job. Doing his uh, job. Yeah. Uh, the only way we're all, we're all, yeah, absolutely. Look, the referees, great this weekend. Anyone who says, "Oh, I hope they have some more understanding," and blah 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 later on, go away. They don't
3: get it. They
0: don't get well, it. Well, they, they don't get it. They don't understand what they're
3: trying to achieve. They're trying to For achieve what? the fact that
1: players follow the rule book and don't and don't take the they take the P basically. And I think the big yeah. thing from the weekend's matches was that. What you saw got penalised. You, you could see clear as day is what got penalised. It was obvious, like yeah. it was just plain to see. It wasn't like, oh, what, what's that for? What he put his little finger on six blades of grass. Oh, I didn't see that. No, it was, it was straightforward. It was, it was plain and clear, and it's like, well, yeah, he did do that. Okay, well, I like cool. I like
3: the one in the Highlanders Chiefs game the the I you know, I can see the player being lifted and it's like we've mm. screamed at that haven't we we've screamed at the television for so long saying he's got his hands on the ball and he's holding it in if a player on the ground
0: is being lifted up he's holding on to the ball <laughs> as simple as that so I think what so, so so basically what we what we're saying here is look guys the the focus should not be on the refs okay mm. the, good games are where we don't talk about the refs and we shouldn't and so for here is there may have been penalties in these games and there were quite a few, but it's not. But let's talk about the players not uh, obeying the laws rather than are oh, the referees are blowing the whistle too much? No, no, it's not that at all. It's about this is this is this, this, this is definitely on the players, not on the referees, unless Stephen Harris, you're, you're, you're disagreeing with that.
4: No, no, I, I I agree with everything that's being said, and and the great thing about it, you actually saw a little shift uh, with the two teams that played this afternoon. I was it was quite noticeable that the Blues, when their carriers were heading the ball forward, the Cleaners were were right there. It's one great thing. Tom Robinson did a great job this afternoon. Whenever. They were basically hitting the ball up. The cleaners were right there. If you think back to last night's game, they were probably about a second off and just gave the it gave the feature just a, a little bit too much time over the ball. So in effect, it's up to the, to the players to make those adjustments. And I'm sure once they figure it out, um, it, it's up to them to, to work it out. Obviously, there's a couple of guys, Gus Sawakula, the number eight for Chiefs, didn't figure it out very quickly because he, I think he gave away about two or three penalties in the space of a couple of minutes, and it is very noticeable. And the other thing is your penalty count stacks up really, really, really quickly. That's the other other reason not to. As for the offside line, you're placing that really well. And the other area is side entries. Boy, they, they're hitting hard on the side entries, and it doesn't matter whether you're Baden Barrett coming in from the side, you've got to come in through the, the gate. How, how often have we watched that? From an inconsistent point of view, I mean that guy came in from the side, and it never gets noticed. You think back to the the Brody retalik injury uh, last year against South Africa when he was cleaned out by the side. Not that I hold any grudges or anything. Um Just saying, um, you know, clean up that area. But it's up it's up to the coaches and the players to sort it out. Okay, yeah, that's cool. been a great show, guys. I'll catch up with you guys later.
0: <laughs> cool Um, yeah. for, for the only person to give more than th- more than two penalties um, in that game. So clearly, as you say, I, uh, the player that wasn't picking out what what, what wasn't um, what what wasn't picking it up. So yeah, so it was a bit disjointed early on, um, and we did have a period towards the end of the first half where we had five penalties in eight minutes, which shows your players seriously, guys. If you get the message, um, really was 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 on there. Now, um, Kuroi, that yellow card. Um, I thought he was lucky to get away with the yellow and uh, and didn't get a red there with that for that tip tackle. Now, okay, conflict with the with the Highlanders' glasses on, give us give, 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 give your opinion.
1: On um, just the yellow card? Oh, I mean, both the yellow cards. Oh, I'll skip ahead and say they're both pretty fair. Um, I mean, I find a red card has to be really maliciously, you know, sort of bad thing to get a red card to me, especially probably... Now, more so, maybe maybe that's changed a little bit with the whole rule change. But to me, a yellow card is if you're going in and absolutely taking a guy's head off, if you're cleanly dropping him straight on his head from, you know, around your shoulder side sort of height, that, yeah, that's straight red. That was that was a frustration tackle uh, from Karui, was it? He just kind of couldn't get the big guy down. He just thought, I'm just going to wipe out his legs and just do whatever I can. It was a stupid, it wasn't, it was wrong. But it wasn't putting the guy's health in danger or anything like that. So I mean, yeah, it was it was borderline, but to a, a fee yellow, definitely no no question about that. But I, I find people they're a little bit too excited about going to the red card uh, in situations like that, just because yeah, it was it was bad, but yeah, let's keep the game sort of nice.
0: Okay, um, but um, asking Stephen, are you are you okay there, or or are some of you there going? Um...
3: Technically, uh, so so the, the thing is that what Steve's talking about is, is fair comment, really, sort of thing. But what they've shifted to is the fact is that, yeah, even when it's the it's a, a, a genuine mistake as opposed to malicious play, they've been moving to red cards just pro- prior yeah. to COVID shutdown, right? So whether it's Northern Hemisphere or in our Super Rugby competition before COVID shutdown, was that they're moving to all the onuses on the defensive player or the player infringing to make sure that they – don't put the person in a dangerous position if they do, and there's certain criteria, it's a red card based mm-hmm. on pre COVID. Both of those were red cards. To be honest, what I'm saying is that that's okay. I mean, like, as you, you're right, that Karoi one in particular, he has lifted the leg, but mm-hmm. y- you'd be pretty hard pressed to say that that player was going to get injured in any bad way. But all I'm saying is that. If that's the new norm, that's fine. That's what we, you know, we talk about new norms these days, right? It's just like, if that's the new norm, we just have to make sure it's consistent in the way that it, it, it proceeds forward.
1: You could have easily watched both of those yellow cards and been both given red. Yep. And we're probably having the same conversation saying, okay, that's fair enough. But I think it could have been the other. Um, right. They're both kind a of borderline on either yeah. side.
3: No, look, absolutely, and but what I'm saying is the fact is that we we've got a line in the sand, and we just got to yep. make sure that we now police everything Consistent. like that. And then we will talk about this later. I thought whilst we, you know, I, again, it's it's not about having a go at the referees. What we want to see is just consistency across the board. And and I felt that there was slight differences in the way that the game was managed or refed last night versus tonight, sort of thing. So, and it's just that that's what we want is just consistency. And um, about how the is approach You're going to have mistakes from everybody, and the referee's going to make mistakes. That's okay. But on the on the on the whole of it, you want to see consistency across that.
0: Yeah. Now the so, so I think I also think the the, the, the the Saturday night game we had plenty of errors. Uh, yeah, ten turnovers by the Highlanders, but fourteen by the Chiefs. Yeah, way too many turnovers there, and both sides really didn't handle restarts very well. Uh, neither side seems to be able to exit their 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 own twenty-two when they went on on the restarts, um, and that ultimately cost the Chiefs the game in the end. So I think for me, both sides quite a lot of early season rustiness. Um, there they haven't they haven't managed to break that the lockdown that well from from that point of view. Um,
4: I Agree with. Paul, I Paul, I agree with that. The other thing is I thought the uh, Chiefs' line out was a little dysfunctional as well. And they never really gave themselves the opportunity to have a platform to, to attack. Uh if you if you and you know a lot of pressure obviously coming from, from the Highlanders, but the one occasion that they actually did put it together, boy, they scored a, a beautiful try. That was Wainui just using the extra man coming in, in into the line, but they just never really got the opportunity.
0: Yeah, I, um I do like um, – oh, I've gone blank um, uh, to the, the, the hooker's name for the um, – Takiyaho. Taki-aho. Yeah. Takiyaho. Uh, look, really nice around the park, but his line-outs not great. I mean, even, uh, uh, even at some uh, in, in the Waikato press box, you can see um, some of the local guys going, ooh, he's going to have to line up. hope he's throwing okay today. Um, so, yeah, so he's uh, – yeah, not the best arrows. Uh, definitely something for him to work on uh, there. So the Highlanders three tries to two. Um, again, it felt like I, I also felt like they, they should have put this game away a bit earlier. Um, for me, I think to to have had it still be a one point game at that point when they, when you've scored one more try than the opposition, um, I thought they perhaps weren't executing quite the way they wanted to either. Either, but you've got to be Stephen. You've got to be happy with their uh, the, the way the forward pack have played.
1: Jeez, that's harsh to say. I mean, they had 20 minutes being a man down. They won one of those yellow card periods. And you say, they didn't put the game away? The fact that they won this game was, I think, nothing short of, of maybe a miracle. I mean, the, the commitment, uh, the ability to to stay in it and stay with it and stay focused on that and not drop the heads was, I think, brilliant. Uh, and I think it went to show a lot throughout their preparations they maybe didn't focus too much on having those flashy set-piece moves working so nicely. They didn't have you know, all that little razzle-dazzle, as Dustin Marshall would say, down pat. No, they were, they were fit. They defended well. They structurally were decent enough for the most part, except when they got a little bit broken, they were a little bit shaky. But they got the basics to a point fairly well, better than the Chiefs did. And to go through that game when you've got two men down for two 10-minute periods... And to come away with a result like that, I, I think it's outstanding. And, and they've got a number of guys um, that they should be thanking for this as well. On the Chiefs, side, oh, I will follow on from what Stephen said before. Arcoy, uh, the, the replacement row, oh, I think, although their line-out was an absolute shambles, he was phenomenal off the bench. That guy just was probably the best Chiefs player, I think, on the park. But Marino Makali too. Oh, boy, do we have some fantastic number eights coming through New Zealand rugby at the moment with him. And the Highlanders 8, he was fantastic. And we spoke about in the preview how that back row has to stand up. Frizzell was a bit average. But Dylan Hunt and Mark Ailey too, I thought, were just phenomenal. And, and their performance was outstanding. Josh Dixon in the line out, he was brilliant as well. Ash Dixon, how many times throughout their match did you hear Ash Dixon hitting Josh Dixon, Ash Dixon, Josh Dixon. It was the Dixon show throughout the whole thing. Um, They were amazing. And it, it was just such a committed performance from the Highlanders. And even at the end, when they nailed that drop goal, mindset, man, mindset, bang, back on it like a, a tracer bullet. It was, it was just remarkable how they could stay that focused. And who do you credit? I credit the coaching for that. That's just brilliant to get straight back into it. And nail it. I'm going to, I'm going to chuck something through you, Steve. There. um
3: I don't think Tony Brown was involved pre COVID. He was, Tony um, Brown wasn't um, involved with the Highlanders right it's just like I think I think there's a there's the handprint of Tony Brown on that performance last night by the Highlanders
1: a, a forward wise uh, by as far as I know doesn't have much to do with the forward base of that game I think that's dare I say it would be Mark Hammett and I mean mm-hmm. oh, what a relationship uh, he's had with New Zealand rugby recently it scares me to say that but <laughs> <laughs> I but I, I'm sort of thinking, you know,
3: some of the ticker type values that um and oh, just sure. the passion type values that that'll you know, uh, you're right, Tony Brown will be working with the backs most likely. But I, I'm I'm sure he would have brought some of those um uh you know, sort of like uh bottle let's for mm. want of a term values uh, through into the um into the team.
1: And these aren't guys that would probably sit here and normally go I expect this guy not to flinch, you know? Like, would you really sit here and say, Bryn Gatlin, you know, he's going to just turn up the heat that last moment. I wouldn't be putting any sense on that to happen at all. I mean, they're not guys that you expect to be clutched, sort of, as we always say of Highlanders. They're the guys you kind of write off. They're not the big names, but you can never question the commitment of the players. And if they keep their heads up all the time, they're always going to be tough to beat, especially um, down there at Forsyth Bar.
4: Yeah, I so I, like, I, was to, I was about to say, guys, I'm to jump in, pull, but I actually like the look of the midfield pairing that they've got uh, together, Seal Tomp- Tompkinson and Rob Thompson, two really big strapping guys. They get you over the advantage line. That line that uh, Thompson hit, to turn the pass on the inside for Tomkinson, I think it was. That was just mm-hmm. an absolutely brilliant line, and it's sort of an area where they really hadn't found themselves pre pre COVID. I think they'd uh, they'd tampered a little bit with Josh Iwani at, at 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 second five. They may have even used um, uh, Tehorangi uh, Waldron as well. But I, I I just hope they stick to that pairing in the midfield. Hey, I've got to say some really great comms actually coming through uh, on the uh, on the chat on the live chat as well, Paul.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Some, some some wonderful performance. Some wonderful comments in that I'm bringing up um, uh, as well, folks. But um, so two 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 things finishes off then. Dylan Hunt, nineteen tackles, one missed. Yeah, that was all, what you were talking about, Stephen. But I um, think
3: one thing one thing we need to actually comment on it is this, Like, it's really surprising how poorly that Chiefs pack actually performed when you think about who is their head coach. Now he he you know the hallmark of his team is how the forwards roll forward. And if anything, you know, they, they had a couple of attacking line outs five metres out, and um, they didn't get the driving more going at all. And, in fact, they got counted quite well.
0: A couple of things to point it's out right. there. Mitch Brown went down yep. early, um, so their first three choice locks, all missing, uh, and then you add your fourth one in there with Brady Retallick, shows you that they, they really are down to the bare bones um, from a locks point of view. Uh, and also missing Sam Kane, the captain, as well. Mate. It was pretty A pretty young uh, inexperienced, um experienced um, set of Lucy's so uh, yeah, lack of leadership in that in that pack, and 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 no no engine room to speak of.
1: You got to say that the Chiefs, if they were looking dangerous anywhere, it was when they went out like, into the backs, hmm. um, and they very very really did it throughout the game. But they could have done so much more of that match. I think they didn't quite realise that they were being not much, but they didn't have the better of the pack um, battle. Of the Highlanders. And the most attacking
3: player. The most attacking player was Sean Stevenson. And they didn't oh, utilize yeah. him enough.
0: Yeah, I mean we saw the best and worst of him. We saw some great attacking and then we saw some of the kind of the defensive? uh what? defensive Defensive frailties? Not so much well, not so much defensive, but the, the, the lack of work ethic where he'll lose the ball and not, not track back and try and, and try and win it back. Where right. so or, or or not make that pass and try and take it on himself. Yeah, that that kind of yeah. So Um, But I thought, yeah, I thought we saw the best and the worst uh, out of of Sean Stevenson um, last night. But we need to talk about that finish. um, And we need to talk about it quick because we're running out of time. Um, But, yeah, two drop goals. First off, Damon McKenzie. um, I I saw that and thought, hey, we've got drop goals back. This is brilliant. And then they couldn't claim the restart. And then, as you say, bring Gatlin with a, a longer drop goal. Two guys. And what a great way to finish. A, a game with those drop goals and see them back in the game uh, is, is is really it from me.
1: Oh, it's, it's just amazing, isn't it? Like I said on Twitter, this is 2023 Rugby World Cup preparation. Boom, we're underway. We've got the drop goals already started to practice. That's brilliant. Now, it was McKenzie's, I mean, most players would have been I to slap that over from right front. But like I spoke about before, it was good that they actually went for that and didn't rely on the penalties. And I think the Hondas pretty quickly threw out the back door the idea of getting that penalty as well, because they did go a few phases of nudging it sideways a little bit before they eventually went back to Gatlin. But what was even more impressive was seeing the return of the Jamie McIntosh days of South and rugby with the whole pass it to that guy out of six forwards around him and just splat on the floor. And it doesn't matter if we lose 20 meters, we'll just close this one minute out. No problem. That yeah. just takes me back to the 2000s when the Southland did that to Auckland and the Ramfirli Shield and Canterbury and everyone else that they played time and time again. Six minutes on the clock, no problem. Give it, splat. Give it, splat. Time runs out. Great finish. Great. Southland would have been proud of that one. (laughs) That'll bring the crowds back. That'll bring the crowds back. (laughs) 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 the (laughs) Come on.
0: (laughs) Moving on to the Blues versus the Hurricanes, um and Corfleck, if you want to drop off, feel free or please feel free to stick around. Oh, um, I forward. have questions. Um <laughs> now, yeah. the big thing about the blues here, clearly the players have had far too much time on their hands. Patrick Turpelotu, pink faux hair. Sam Nock, the bleached um um oh I've gone blank is what you call it. Um bleached bleached, but only the back bit that's all long. Um awani has got bleached hair. We've got some um, so a um, yeah. So um, so cooler with Satutu. with Satutu. sorry. Sorry, um, with, uh, yep. with with
3: and, and non-playing player Akira also uh, had it as well.
0: Did he as well? Yep. I, wow! I come up. We have caught some horrid so
3: eggs. In that. Hoskins, oskins Satu, actually spoke about that after the game. They interviewed him, and uh, yep you're you're on the you're on the money there, Paul. They were bored, so they thought they'd have a bit of fun with the hair colours. Simple as that.
1: Too much spare time.
3: Their spare time exactly.
1: Well mind
3: you, you know, it, it's like you 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 know, old fellas like me go, Oh, it's better than them being on the bloody PlayStation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> if there's time in your like you can do it, it's now when you they haven't got an office job. Uh, so absolutely, but boy, it looks horrible. <laughs> 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 so um very different start to this game than the other game, because I say in the the, the, the Highlanders Chiefs couldn't, uh, we had quite a lot of, they, they couldn't get the new rules sorted, whereas actually we had hardly any penalties in the first 10 minutes with the Hur- Blues Hurricanes, but lots of kicking, uh, neither side wanted to play out their own half, did they, um, Stephen?
4: You're talking to me, okay, this yeah. Stephen, yeah, okay, um, we, we yeah, you, yeah, yet, yeah, so
0: we're going to ignore him now.
4: Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, I was, I was sort of thinking about Last night's game and the advantage of probably the players watching last night's game and just seeing what was required in and around, in and around those rules, and the pleasing thing for me, especially from a, a Blues aspect, they had their cleaners right over right over the top of the carriers all the time. Some of their some of the penalties they were giving away was just really more for side cleaner, you know, side clean outs, wrong entries, you know, players not actually uh, keeping their feet or else. Getting their their timing, trying to turn timing wrong, trying to turn the ball over. But that was the pleasing thing about it, and I think those ten minutes was really just a feeling out period. Didn't want to play too much rugby in their own half. Just wanted the other team to bring the ball out and see what see what happens.
0: Yeah, and I thought that um, uh, I, thought, I thought Barrett got some some of his early decision making wrong. Um, ran it into three defenders with absolutely no one covering him at one point, which gave. Uh, early points, uh, an early territory to the um, to the Hurricanes, which got them that 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 the, the early three points in the lead. Um, but that first half for me was about basically the Blues uh, not being able to get out their own half much. But two great strikes meant um, meant uh, two, two, two great strike moves for two tries. Ashwin, what was the atmosphere like in that first half? Were people concerned that the Blues just couldn't get out their own half? No,
3: no not not overly, I think um, we were more concerned about the penalties that we're giving away that seem to stymie their progress um, more about that. And it's just like, well... And I suppose that's that thing coming back to what we talked about before, that consistency because we're watching, well, hang on, you've got opposition players coming in from the side because most of the penalties that Steve's alluded to were actually coming in from the side um, as opposed to holding on from what we could see. Um, But again... I'm going to have to be honest. It was a bit difficult for us to then review those decisions that were being made because they weren't putting those on the big screen at the ground. So there was a fail on the behalf of that part, because normally they do put up, oh, yeah, this so we can understand what the um, uh, infringement was for. So I'll ha- I'll have, to be honest, I'll have to watch the, uh, the, the replay to, to see what was going on in those penalties that they were giving away. But, there wasn't a sense of panic coming back to original because no, there wasn't a sense of panic. Um, It it felt like when the blues had the ball, they seemed seemed to be in more control than the, um, the hurricanes were. And when the hurricanes had the ball, they really, apart from obviously Coles's first, the the first try Coles's try where they did create something, but that was something pretty quick and a a, a floor in the, well, a floor in the defense, which hadn't really been shown there before. So there wasn't, it was pretty calm to tell you the truth. Um, one point ahead at half time, not time to put panic buttons at all. Cool, if anything, well, going into comfort, going in with confidence into the second half.
0: So, one of the things they talked about, priests, uh, about the, the beginning of this season or the season before lockdown was they were going to be playing the uh, or putting the referee's voice through the speakers. Did they do that then? So, you, you couldn't, you could, you didn't get to hear the ref.
3: No, and um, to be to, to be honest, the, the speakers in the West End have never been that great anyway. So um, even if they were, it's pretty hard to hear what, what, what they're saying. But no, they didn't. And t- to be honest, I don't really, if they've got a replay up there, I, you know, we've got, and this isn't in a facetious or sarcastic way, we've actually got a couple of referees around us and we all sit down and say, oh, yep, that's what it's for. And, and um, yep, now we can understand that. And then obviously, but they got away with this.
0: <laughs> so there's a couple of real referees and then there's about a thousand other referees in absolutely. The West absolutely
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but um, so looking at that side though um, you've you've got, you've got a good mix here so you've you've, you've got robinson goodhue um and papulihi who obviously came on quite early for um, uh, for gibson all getting through masses of um, of tackling uh, And then uh, uh, Tonga uh, Tung- fasi um, and Parsons helping out there as well, and then on the attacking front, you've got Hoskins to 17 carries, um, so it's like, it was a good uh, a good mix there. They've got a good balance, haven't they, Stephen? Uh, with 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 those with, with that with that um, pack now. Oh,
4: the performance of uh, Hosking Satutu was was beast-like. Whether he was carrying the ball in hand, but what I do like about him, he really gets himself involved at breakdown. I think he might have got a couple of turnovers as well. Just on uh, the the referee and the instructions that he was giving to the the players, he was very crystal clear with the, with the players and the infractions that they were uh, that they were given in terms of the penalties they were giving away. He did have a word to. TJ Perinara a couple of times because it was and this is a concern for the the hurricanes. He was obviously he's the co-skipper with uh, Dane Coles, but he was obviously throwing a lot of profanities in the way of the official and uh, I know he got pulled up on it on more than a well, the second occasion he got a good a good talking to at that point. Um I just coming up one of the one of the is just popped up. One of the guys said, Piranaro really pissed off the ref, hurt his team a little, and I think he hurt his team more than a little." And it's not the first time we've actually seen this with uh, with TJ. He does lose the plot. Um, on 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 saying that, I was really from a Dane Coles' point of view, he pretty much looked like a Dane Coles of of uh, of old, if you know oh. what I mean. And I must admit, I cracked up when he gave uh, when he uh, pulled uh, Bowden Barrett oh, yeah. into the huddle. I, re- I reckon that was goals. seriously.
0: I mean, both did very well, but he never managed to sort his hair out again, and I think that that impacted his play. <laughs> uh, I <it's>, yeah, <laughs> was sort of messed up.
3: Hey, just just on the TJ thing, I, I think that's a massive concern for the All Blacks. Um, Perinara is losing it in the games. He's losing it in the games. He did that against the Blues when they played down there pre-COVID as well. And I, I don't know. I heard a rumor. I don't know if it's true or not, Steve. Or the guys that watched it might might have more information. I heard uh, the what I heard from one of the people around me was that um, the referee said, I don't want to talk to TJ anymore. I'm only speaking to Gareth Evans. This is after Coles has gone off. If the referee is saying, I don't want to speak to the captain, because he was a captain, because co-captain's gone off, and Gareth Evans is now co-captain. He's saying, I don't want to speak to TJ with who's the captain. I'm speaking to Gareth Evans. There's a big problem there. And that's going to affect the leadership of that team as well. Surely. Yeah. you know, He's got a button button his lip. I know he's, a, he's he's very opinionated outside of rugby as well. And it's just like, dude, you need to pull your head in. That's where it's got to.
0: I mean, I think on the pitch, um, but um, the uh, I, I, I'd agree. The, on, and um, I mean, one of the things about off the pitch at the moment is, is that he tends to, because he has been a, uh, um, a spokesperson in the past, he gets asked all those questions. So to a certain degree. Uh, yeah, he, he's, he's now the person that Yeah, the, but the thing cool is, is, Paul,
3: he, he's got a primary go- job. He's got a job. It is his job, right? And if he's letting, if he's getting worked up about political things off the field, he needs, he's got a job to do. And he needs to sort of push that aside and say, okay, I need to focus what's on, what's important first, the job, or do I want to become something other than the job? And then he needs to, he needs to make that decision. Because if it's going to affect the team, that's the primary problem. And then you're going to have other issues that we've seen this and we have to, we have seen this with, we can speak with this with the blues, right? There's a fact is that, and, but, but on different topics in terms of what the leadership issues or player culture, culture within the team, you're affecting the culture of the team. If you're starting to make yourself bigger than the team.
0: Okay. But I, I, I think his issues on the pitch um, with referees has come about when he's been made captain and the fact that uh when he's not captain, um, yes, he's mouthy, but it's, mm. there is, the, the, there's a limit on it because you're because you're not captain. You, you, there's only so much you talk about. I'll to disagree
3: with you on that one, mate, because he's been pulled up when he's been not captain as well, where the referee has said, TJ, you need to shut it now. Because they do let the halfbacks have a chat. They do oh, let no, the – yeah, agreeing. right? And okay, he, he I, actually has I'm been told off captain. when he hasn't been captain and when he has been captain.
0: I mean, and it's just been like – It's become more prevalent, and I think it's become uh, – I think it's been nearly pretty much every game this year since yeah. he's been yeah, I think it's the problem, um,
4: guys. I was going to say it's all—it's all about the banter, isn't it? I—I know Steve would have seen. Uh, I would have enjoyed Aaron Smith last night and his banter with the official last night, and also his his uh, his banter with Brad Weber as well. I thought they had a, had a great battle. And I, I think that's what it's all about. isn't it, Steve, what the what the actual halfbacks are saying to the referees.
1: Well, I mean, Aaron Smith's probably considered himself a bit a little bit lucky. He didn't get a, a little bit of a looking at for his tackle on Brad Oh, uh, That yeah. little snipey <laughs> little run he did was, ooh. ooh. Oh, I was that they didn't go back and look at that one because it looked pretty bad. But yeah, it, you guys are right. It is something that's always been around, hasn't it? But we talked about it in the preview poll on Friday or whatever night it was. I can't remember. The days are like each other now. Perinara <laughs> gets a little bit... I think when he gets a bit of a bigger role, may it be captaincy, Paul, you're kind of on the right track, I reckon, there. But I think just with having Barrett kind of outside him when he was at the Hurricanes, he Calm had, yeah, he had that guy that would take a bit of the pressure. He had a guy he, he could depend on, and he didn't have that pressure of kind of controlling that backline and, and directing things that he has now. Uh, now he's got to be there, and he's got to be the guy. He's got to demand, he's got to control. I just don't think he's got the temperament. To do that, I think he's kind of a guy who, yeah, he has a little nipping. He has a little yap. He's a sledge. He should have been a cricket player. But when he has that responsibility, (laughs) kind of gets the better of him a little bit, I think. And he he kind of thinks, well, I've got to stand up now. I've got to make myself heard. And he does kind of take it a bit far. And I think we've seen it in the black jersey quite a bit. um, And I just think he needs to be a player who's just left alone. Play your game. Yeah, have a little snap here or there. But when things get serious, sorry, cap, the captain deals with this now. Um, because that's where my role kind of ends here. And I think he just needs to pressure off him, although he'll never admit to it or, or take it on his own back to do that because he wants to be the leader.
3: You know, we, we've seen it. We've, we've always commented in terms of the Blues have always had this problem of not knowing how to talk to the referee. You know, we've, they've, they've been on the wrong side of the referee so often. And it's just mm-hmm. like you're, you're trying to understand what does that mean? Because you've got – we've just talked about Aaron Smith. Aaron Smith can yap all day to the referee yep. and not upset him. He's doing it the right way. Richie, uh, Richie on honestly, sense, Kieran Reid had an issue with it. Kieran Reid didn't have the rapport with the referee that Richie did. So there's obviously an art to it.
1: TJ oh, doesn't yeah. have that art. Yep. Yeah, and Aaron Smith's a very clever, uh, smart talker, isn't he? He knows what he's talking about, and he directs a lot at his players rather than at the referee. He will actually he's, drill always, his forwards.
0: He always yep. does it with a smile as well, right, which, which makes things always come across more. <sighs> But, <laughs> a lot but anyway, um, going back to the Blues Hurricanes game, though, to me, basically the Blues two great attacks, um, obviously with Rico making good breaks, Caleb Clark getting involved um, as well. Isn't it great to see him there? The only player to get over 100 meters running um, with ball in hand this weekend, Caleb Clark. So really impressed um, with the with, with his play. And to me, whilst the uh, the Blues came out on the wrong side of the ledger. With penalties given away. I thought in that second half they'd have stopped giving away penalties. And that meant that the Hurricanes weren't getting a piggyback downfield, couldn't get out their own half, and that eventually told um with the with the kick penalties, which put the blues clear.
4: Yep, they yep. pour some really good some really good control from the halves as well. We've just seen Sam Knock finally find himself at this level of rugby, and he just seems to be getting better and better, and he's putting up some really good. <clears throat> you know, high kicks or box kicks, but also the speed of his pass that gives uh, the likes of Otere Black uh, time. And, and once again, Otere would have probably been going into that match thinking, "Oh God, I better, I better be at my best because there's a guy ready to jump into that number ten position." And I thought those two halves were, I thought they were actually quite superb today. But you could, if you think of that try, that um, the Caleb Clark try, I thought there was a great bit of skill from. Um, Teddy Black to throw a pass, a pass that had a, a degree of risk about it, and almost looked like it was going to get intercepted, but it actually hit Rico Yuani perfectly, hit him on the chest, and the, the try was born from there. So I, I thought that was one of Morty Black's probably if not his best game uh, for the Blues in a Blues jersey, and it's been consistent all year.
3: Yeah, I have to agree with Steve there, and I, I sort of think you know. The, the we've got a halfback that's getting that ball cleared a bit quicker. And um, you know the, the other thing that um not 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 such a big factor today, but the guy that came on to replace Sam Nock, another guy that's got a fast pass and a fast game. Um so, you know, your likes of your first fives who've always struggled for many seasons in that blue jersey because of the slow delivery from from the ruck from the mall, from the line out, is starting to get snappier ball. And it's and you saw that in some of the tries that were
1: scored today. I think so, we're going to see that it, follow on a bit more too. It's, what it's been up here as well,
0: which we didn't, yeah. see, we didn't see. We didn't see the we didn't see the fly half to catch the ball up here, breathe down, to do something. It's arriving yeah. in the right place, which hasn't happened for many years. to The Blues. Sorry, Stephen. No,
1: no it's you're good. With uh, following on with what Stephen was saying before, uh, with with the rule changes, obviously at the breakdown, he you got your your cleaners and at the rucks having to be right there straight away. You've also because they've got to place the ball really quickly and quite often it's going to scoot out the back or it's going to fall out the back and it's going to be a free ball, you've got to have a guy there to get rid of it quickly. So your your halfback's going to have to get there fast and they're going to have to deliver it straight out because we did see quite a lot in those games, in the Hollands game, especially guys are going to ground and they were just plastering it out because, like it was said in that Mm -hmm. game, they were one or two seconds behind the eight ball of getting there, especially the Hollands players, of cleaning it out. And the guys are saying, well, I've got to get it out or I'm going to get picked up. Penalised and, and lose uh, lose control here, so that's all got to put a bit more demand on those guys to get to the breakdown fast, get the ball out again. <clears throat> and I guess if you look at the positive, it's going to speed up the game. Ball will be you know in play and going a bit more. Defenses will be a little bit more disorganised. More tries, maybe. Yeah, look, um, <laughs> I think you're right with the halfback thing. I mean, you're going to go
3: to that Gregan mode with the Brumbies, right? Gregan basically went from ruck to ruck to ruck. That was mm-hmm. his job. Get the ball, get to the ruck, get the ball out. And um, and if you got a guy that can pass the ball quickly, even better.
0: Um a couple of points in there. Uh, yeah, maybe Nooks uh box kicking uh needs work on he didn't have to do too Those much. Um yeah, but with that, I'm, I'm happy with that. There, yeah, let's keep the box kicking down. Um the other piece here is, um uh, quite one of the points though, that Caleb Clark has bulked up this um off season. Yeah, it was quite notable watching him and then seeing Bowden Barrett stood just behind him. you like Actually, if he just stands one step over, you can hide Bowden Barrett behind Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, really, um, really, really impressed, impressed by that. I think quite popular. he came on and had a good game, um, as, as as well. Uh, was good at the breakdown in uh, in, in in my mind, um, and uh, yeah. So that that all that good balance piece. Um, A player that I was a bit concerned about, uh, and I think it actually came back to hurt the 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 canes. Um, I thought Garden Bash actually had a decent game, but when he went off, they moved TJ to uh, ten. Yeah, they're really lacking that second ten, aren't they? Well, they've
3: they got Cameron Fletcher. Is he injured?
0: Oh, I mean, they've got they've got players. They've got Fletcher Smith. Um, Fletcher Smith. Yeah.
3: Fletcher Smith. Sorry. um, Yeah. Sorry. Um but um that's a that's a coach's mistake then isn't it because they went with a um six two bench and um th- I think so that obviously meant that they were um relying on TJ to cover um nine and ten. And so that's a k- coach's error in having that on the bench.
0: Yeah, I think they did so so they got uh Jackson Goldbush basher Fletcher Smith and James Marshall, uh, and then also Jordy Barrett would normally cover that area because so he he was injured um as well. Um I think there's also, uh, I think they might have been done there to get Idy Surveyor on there. And I think uh, in that, in, on, on the bench, and again, he's either fit enough to play and claim a place or he's not fit enough and shouldn't be forced in there just because of, uh, just, just because you want such a, 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 a name back for me. Um, either um, either Idy Surveyor gets that, so what is it? Um, gets that bench spot for the Lucy, but you didn't need Idy Surveyor and via Fistita both on that bench, one or the other, in my mind.
4: Well, um, yeah. well, you know you're ahead of the game, guys, when you can keep uh, Nani Lamalpi relatively quiet. And I thought he was, I thought he was very, very quiet uh, through, throughout this game. Well, obviously we saw a little bit of uh, Ben Lamb, but boy, he was well marked by those um, those two wingers. We spoke about Caleb Clark before, but my God, M- Mark Talia, seriously, is I don't know what he's what is he Go out with grease or oil on because he <laughs> is as slippery as a nail. That guy. Yeah, yeah but prior pretty pretty
3: to I was going to say pre-game. i um, obviously just did a little bit from um, Eden Park on New Zealand Sport Radio, and I was actually quite fearful of that Kane's backline. When you look at that Kane's backline, back, Garden back, um, Garden Bashup aside, those guys have all performed in every position. You've got um, Mapi, you've got um, Arso, you've got Ben Lamb, you've got Husin. And, you know, so those the, and I can't remember who was at the back, but – um yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Chase Tietje. I mean, all those guys performed so well. And um, I actually thought that they probably had an edge in the back line game but they got shut down big time. Basically, mid- midfield defense just cut that option out wide apart from one time.
0: And, uh, yeah, uh, Caleb Clark had uh, had a better game than Hooson opposite him. Uh, and Talia again with, with ben, Lam, ben Lam opposite him. Uh, both of them contained the opposite number and also made breaks. Uh, so yep. yeah, so both of them had had um, had uh, had really good games. Uh, TJ Fearni, um is the person I guess you've got to say uh, opposite Lam-Appy, Um Short sure, uh, made six tackles, missed three tackles, uh, but hey, at least slowed him down, uh, which uh- I think is what is.
3: I was just going to say that, Paul, is the fact is that, you know, when he did miss a tackle, he'd slowed them down sufficiently. That meant that um, Rico would generally come in and finish the tackle
0: off. Yeah, well, it, Rico made eight tackles, uh, missed three. Um, so, right. so, again, similarly, just get your body in the way and, and do something. Have some sort of impact. Um, what least.
3: I teach my under nines. <laughs> get your body <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, at least you know, if those guys are not going to deviate your path, are they? When you're up against La Muffy and Vince Arso yeah. on that, you're just going to go straight up, and so <laughs> it's really is basic rugby. Yep. Yeah,
4: yeah. I, I, I forget who it was, uh, out on the uh right touchline. I think it might have been Ortelli Black who got uh pretty much used like roll, c- roadkill. Was that uh <laughs> Ben Lamb running over him? Or, but, again, or one of those... but again,
3: Steve, you're, you're right. I, I know the one that you're talking about, and um. He did get used like roadkill, and he just ran over the top of him. But what it what it still did it slowed Ben Lamb down, that the cover could come across and finish him off, wasn't it? He, he oh, Terry Black didn't hold on to him at all, but it still was a judder bar, <laughs> to, um, which meant that you know the rest of the team could come across and uh, finish off the tackle.
0: Hey, just um, just one thing. I don't know. No, so according to the stats here, Terry Black three tackles all made, didn't miss any. No, no. Oh, no, I definitely <laughs> got run over the top of once, definitely. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I, I don't know, you might have coming up in your stats there, Paul, but we have, there's one player that we haven't mentioned, and he's just he just goes out there every time for the Blues and just performs and, like, out of his skin. That's Tom Robinson. Uh, the, the guy smashed the in defence some of those tackles that he put in. You know, we cut down. There was, like, um, I, I know a couple of times where... The Hurricanes made a slight break, and but the next thing you knew, it was dead because Robinson had basically cleaned them up.
0: Yeah, so I think we mentioned. Yeah, so fourteen tackles. He was a top tackler for for uh, in the game. Two missed, um, and of tonga Fassi was thirteen, and uh, James Parsons, someone who takes a lot of flak, uh, made ten um, and only missed one. So, um, and also, and then when we look at the lineouts side of things here, this was. So yeah, having four and but um uh 10 10 lineouts, 13 lost and that's the blues they lost their first lineout and then they lost those last two late on, which was when James Parsons um had uh, probably been replaced. Whereas you've got to say, stealing five of the 19 lineouts of the um of the Hurricanes again. That's your Tom Robinson, that's your good Hugh, that's your um uh, Patrick Turpelotu. A fantastic day uh, against Dane Coles, first choice all-black um, line-out thrower. Yeah, um, you got to say yeah, Blues had had a wonderful day uh, at, at the line-out um, defensively.
4: Thanks, um, oh, Thanks, to guys, for to, uh, nocturnal rights. It was uh, Amua, who was uh, the guy going down the touchline like a runaway truck who ran over the road kill, which happened to be alternative. It was... That was not a tackle. It was a speed hump. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you know, yes, there was no wrapping arms in that, was there? Let's be honest. Um, now, my only criticism, and sorry, we have, we have well over, so I was going to take any half an hour for the show. Um, my only criticism <laughs> lose is, look, um, time's up. You're 10 points ahead. You're in there 22. Get the ball to kick it out. End the game. By playing on, you gave the opposition the opportunity to score a try and to get a losing bonus point. If they're serious about winning the competition rather than just the game, make reduce the points to opposition. Kick that out. Um, I, yeah, I
3: was, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing um, at the end of the game. Uh, the only thing I can sort of think of is the fact is that obviously with 40 plus thousand people there, it, it was sort of a hat tip to the crowd um, to, to, to play a bit more rugby, but you know, you're right. I think in general circumstances, I honestly believe that that was the case. I think in general circumstances, you're looking to kick that ball out and finish the game. There's nothing to be won or achieved, or I should say, nothing to be achieved by carrying on the game um, when you're 10 points ahead um, because you're not going to get your bonus point try. Um, and well, as you say, all you do is giving the opposition a op chance to get their one, losing bonus point.
0: And uh, yeah. Not, yeah, I, I... I, yeah, see it as they say in the crowd, uh, they should be more professional about what they're trying to do here. They're trying to, hear, they're trying to win the competition, um, to me. And so I think, yeah, um, I think they probably maybe got carried away with the crowd and with and with 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 the wanting to rub the Hurricanes noses in it. I get that from a competitive point of view. Um, but yeah, so uh, so so congratulations to the Highlanders um, and the Blues with those two wins. And obviously, that, that puts them well, well. actually, the Blues will be the top of the table. Um, on uh, uh, probably on points difference points differential yeah um, so um so but yes
1: there's hope that the hol will be the only undefeated team after the second round <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: I think it was the wooden spooners
3: playing on, 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 Friday, on Saturday night, weren't
0: they? Oh. <laughs> the second round, yes. The Highlanders have a bye, so they will go into round three undefeated, <laughs> um, with a hundred percent record. Uh, <laughs> Saturday at seven o'clock or five past seven, um, we have the Chiefs versus the Blues uh, here in Hamilton, um, and then on Sunday at three thirty-five. Unless they decide to change that time as well, we have the Hurricanes versus the Crusaders down in Wellington. Um, so those are the two matchups next weekend. The Chiefs uh, obviously coming off the back of a of a loss, um, taking on the Blues from so back or win. Hurricanes off the back of a um, of a loss um, up against the Crusaders, looking to get their season going. Um, I will be posting my predictions for that on drivermore.com tomorrow morning. Uh, we will have the Driving wall show tomorrow evening. That's Monday evening uh, at 8pm. Um, and we'll be previewing those games on Friday evening at 8pm when we uh, with them all the um, squad lists. And we'll see if the Hurricanes go for a 6-2 bench yet again or if they have learnt anything from this weekend. Thank you much, Stephen, from the Deep South.
1: Can I throw on one more question before we depart, even though we're like triple time too long, mainly for Ashwin because <laughs> he was at the game but what do you think the chances or what was the general consensus of the people that were actually there that we could possibly see crowds like this in round two three four five and so on in the future of this competition yeah they um, interviewed um, I think it was Patrick Tupilotto uh,
3: after the game and um, he was thanking the crowd um, for coming out obviously as as you do and um, and he said with a giggle, hope to see you back in a couple of weeks. So uh, that might have been an indication of what they think the crowd <laughs> might be like in a couple of weeks, even with a win.
1: Uh, good to be you, Paul, anyway, by the way. Thanks look, for having
3: me. Yeah, i just sorry. I, I mean, you never know. We live in hope.
4: I'll just say that.
1: <laughs> Forsyth Bar will be packed. Don't worry about that. Round three, if they are at home. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, I think
4: I think if they keep the prices the same, guys, twenty dollars, keep the free, keep it um free for kids. I think that's probably the way to go. Just a quick quick one for you, Cornflake. Did they do that down in, in Dunedin with the pricing? Did they adjust the pricing to, to suit families or did they just keep it at standard pricing?
1: Not as far as I'm aware. Not like the blues did anyway, not with the whole promotion of it. So I don't think so. But I mean no, 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 probably they didn't, the, because, because there was a the on, on the radio. Was,
3: no, sorry, sorry go. about that. Yeah, there was comments on the radio that they should have done what Eden Park had done.
1: Yeah, free with um, student visa. <laughs>
0: and we 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 have a crack at various councils. Uh, anyway, look, this this these these are council run um, facilities. Uh, and uh, the and you got to say for for the Auckland final, um, a couple of years ago, they obviously the Eden, Eden Park worked with um, Auckland. Um, Rugby Union there to have a, to have free entry. Uh, so look, I think they are making some. Uh, you you got to yeah, you got to say the Eden Park. Whilst it gets a bad rep, and it's not my favourite stadium by any stretch. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, working working well with the, <laughs> working well with the uh, with the rugby uh, Rugby Union there to all the yeah the, the team seat to around that ticketing side of things. Make a roof. Yeah. <laughs> well, they just going to put a couple <laughs>
3: of steel girders across the top. <laughs>
0: so thank you Adrian. sweet um, can I get to sleep now you can go to sleep <laughs> um, see you tomorrow morning for um for the morning sports briefing at 7am thank you um, Harris, um who's yawning there on mute so for the great great podcasting um an audio recording there um see you tomorrow morning thank you everybody good
2: night <laughs>